Hello and welcome to Auburn Innovations. My name is Allison King. I'm a behavior analyst and currently the manager of the professional development division at ABA Technologies. And I'm here to introduce this episode of our podcast. So in this episode, you will hear Kelly Therian, behavior analyst and the product manager for the professional development division at ABA Technologies, being interviewed by Sita Begee for Sita's weekly broadcast radio, which is titled Viewpoint with Sita and Friends. And just to briefly give you some background on this, Sita read one of Kelly's articles in Florida Today, which was all about delegation. And in that article, Kelly included some things she learned about delegation from her experience working as an external OBM consultant. So after reading this, Sita invited Kelly to her show to have her share more about behavioral science, and particularly behavioral science applied to the workplace. So we're sharing this snippet of the interview to you and other fellow behavior analysts just to show you one example of talking about an application of the science of human behavior to a general audience. And Sita's show focuses on all that is right and good, and good in the world and also how we can treat each other better and live better together. So Kelly's interview is focused on how we can make the world at work and even outside of the workplace a better place if we simply understand and interact with each other better and how a better understanding of the science of behavior or how we learn and influence one another with our own behavior can help us do this and have this positive impact. So we hope you enjoyed this recorded interview, and as always, we truly welcome your feedback, uh, your questions, and also any suggestions that you have for future podcast topics that would be of interest to you. Treasure Coast. This is Sita Biggie on Viewpoint with Sita and Friends on AM 1510 WWBC, FM 94.7, FM 99.9, and FM 100.7. We can also be heard on the web and on demand at the WWBC app. And of course, you could find us on the uh, on the internet. Uh, you you yeah, shared absolutely. our yeah. website. Cita Media Inc. It's on and it's on Twitter as well. It's on Facebook. It's yes, all over the place. It's all over the place. Just Google Cita and Friends and it comes right up. Yep. Viewpoint with Cita and Friends and you'll really get it. Yeah, yeah. Actually for some reason if you just put in Cita and Friends, it comes right up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. Anyways, today my co host Ellen and I we're gonna be heating up the airwaves with a lot of um, topics. We're talking about kitchen table topics as well as things that are going on around here and around the nation. And I have to tell you, Ellen, this show today is all about Science, yes. What, what a like you said, we paired it up really well. well you did, you did, fair <laughs> enough, I very did, right? Well. Yes, so in studio, we have Kelly Theron, Theron, Therion, Therion, yeah, French. And uh, Kelly is here, um, she is the product manager for professional development for ABA Technologies, and we're going to be talking today about human behavior in the workplace. Yes. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, but yeah we're, we're excited to have you here too. And Ellen, as usual, thanks for being here. Oh, my um, pleasure. To help 
co-host Viewpoint with Sita and Friends. Right. So any anything that anybody calls out during the show will be put in on Facebook right away. So you'll be able to see it right underneath the post. Any yeah, we, websites we all, or any information. We normally we try to do a Facebook Live, but we didn't really have time. So for our listeners who are tuning in today, Viewpoint with Sita and Friends is a fun, unscripted, unscripted, but ED, educational and very informative show. Whether you love science, whether you want to buy a home, you want to learn to save, you need a mortgage, uh, maybe you're thinking about going back to college, maybe um, you want to learn about a trade, um, you're not getting along with your co-workers in the workplace, you're not getting along with your husband and children, whatever it is, you got a little drama, whatever. We this is the place to listen every Monday well, because this year we have solutions. And this year you've done a really great job to to look at social issues and try and get on the folks that are experiencing some hardships in any any part of their lives. And hopefully we have some answers or at least some resources, right? And so our second segment is going to be with uh, Kelly Theron. I said it. Therian. Therian. Very good. Therian. I yeah, said it. It's good. correct. It's, it's a name I've never said before, but I said it. Therian. Kelly yeah. Therian. And Kelly is the product manager. <laughs> For professional development of ABA Technologies. Yes. And we're going to let her explain what that means in a minute. But I know Ellen has a public service announcement to make for our friend Stanley Breeds with Eckerd Connects, which I yes. am a nominee. I was just going to kind of blew my little intro. You could the, do it again. You, you do a Cita, very nice job. Sita Begee was nominated as one of the, <laughs> the citizens to um, participate in this Brevard Walk of Fame. It is going to be held on February 23rd, 2019 from 6 to 9 p.m. And it's going to be at the Oasis at Palm Shores, which is basically the Space Coast Association of Realtors that is on Pineda Plaza Way in Palm Shores. So it is benefiting Eckerd Connects. And if you heard any of our shows, Stanley Briz is a very good friend of ours and friend of the shows. And he's been on several times to talk about all the great things that Eckerd Connects does. But this will be a fantastic evening. It always proves to be a fantastic night. You can get your tickets, I know, from um, Eckerd.org. You can get the tickets on there and also, connects, on, yeah. and, and, and also on Facebook. So make sure if you if you have that evening open, February 23rd, you come watch Sita hopefully accept her award. So Kelly's here. And, you know, Kelly, your bio is extensive, and I did print it, but I'm going to have you talk a little bit about yourself. You're an experienced behavior analyst and you've dedicated your life to working with people in the workplace and helping them to be the best they can be. So tell us about yourself and, and, and how you got into this business. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. And I just wanted to start, you know, my career has been spent in performance and leadership consulting focused primarily on organizational behavior management. And what that means is I've really worked with leaders to help them to engage the human performers in their workplace to achieve business results by executing and implementing whatever strategy they would laid out within the organization. And while I really appreciated that opportunity to work with individual leaders and teach them the science and teach you know one person at a time, give them those aha moments, now I'm working for ABA Technologies as the product manager and the goal is to develop products and services that help to further disseminate that science of human behavior because I really think if more people understood it, we could make an even bigger impact. Right, and you know, we've talked about leadership before on our show and, and what exactly is leadership? Um, leaders are in a good position to change the environment to influence human behavior. And behavior is influenced by our environment. 
like we just heard from Dan, and now you're doing the same thing, but in the workplace. Absolutely. That's that's exactly right. And, you know, one of the biggest takeaways I would always ask for people to take with understanding the science of human behavior is that you can't control other people's behavior. You can only change your own. So what can you do to respond differently, to act differently in order to get the different results that you're looking for? So taking that opportunity to step back and look at people people's perspective on things. Why are they engaging that behavior and how am I responding that I could you know, do something different to get a different outcome? It's almost like you should be given a course in, um, in high school just before high schoolers leave to go into college or vocational or trade because you know that is that's a key right there to the workplace. You cannot change other people. You can only change yourself. And how many times we've heard employees say, well, so-and-so did not did that and got away with it or whatever, but you really can't change that person. You could just change yourself. Absolutely. We spend so much worry and frustration on other people that we're frustrated about instead of taking action of our own. What can we do about it? How many times do we, in fact, provide feedback to that individual instead of just talking about it, venting about it after work hours, instead of just directly ad- addressing it and saying, hey, I don't appreciate that that happened. What can we do differently you know, tomorrow to get a different outcome? Well, Ellen had a nice way of saying something to me once. I'm, I resigned from a, a really good job that I had for 10 years, and I was upset when I resigned. And Ellen said, you never should have sent that letter in when you were upset. Oh. Can you speak a little bit about it? Because how many people resign from good jobs or high-paying jobs just because of one thing? Yes. When do you say, okay, I'm going to go home, write the letter, not hit send? Yes, I think you know, getting that sort of frustration out and that venting out is, is definitely helpful and we need to do that as well. But then once you've sort of had that opportunity to go to the gym and you know, box it out or get the energy out, then take a step back, write that letter as angry as you want to make it, but then take a step back and, and really think about the other perspective. You know, put yourself in the shoes of the other person. I like to think about it in terms of intent versus impact. So I believe most people want to do well and make friends and encourage people and, and see good things for their organization, for each other. But sometimes they have an impact on others that they don't even realize. So it might be that that boss that you're so frustrated with didn't even know that what they were doing when they were stopping by the office and interrupting you 10 times a day was really interfering with you meeting your other objectives. So how can you change that behavior? How can you provide that feedback? Or, you know, just, again, step back, understand what their intention was. Their intention is to keep you updated on what's going on. But the impact is they're preventing you from getting other things done. So how can you communicate that to get a different outcome? So do you, do you think when I when I wrote that you were coming on a show, a friend of mine, was, um, we were having a conversation at the gym and we were saying, do you think the behaviors in a workplace is cultural? Because, for example, she was saying, well, Indian people who are um, engineers, they're always so passive. They're, they always say yes. And then some people from different cultures, they question things. Now, I do notice that with a lot of my friends, um, not just immigrants like myself, who are really naturalized and here, legally safe. I'm just going to get that out. <laughs> just throwing um, that in just there. Join our <laughs> but, but the thing is, um, you see, like, I see people from um, Haiti, Jamaica, Trinidad, um, different places in the Caribbean. And um, they're, they're so eager to work because they came to America with an op- this idea that we want this opportunity to work. So taking that into consideration, they don't really question too many people. Mm. So it's kind of a cultural thing. Do you see that? I mean, how do we address that with yeah. some people who, who, in other words, unscripted see the biggie style, they do have a big mouth and they're very vocal, while, while others are not. Well, that's an interesting one. So I think in a leadership position, so managers and leaders should be looking at that and trying to draw people out that if they are a little bit more quiet, you know, to spend the time to get to, to know them and understand what their drivers are, what do they want to see happening 
um, at the workplace to help address it. But culture, you know, really comes into place across the organization on the things that are being rewarded in the organization all across different levels of leadership. When you think about ethics and compliance within organizations, is it being modeled by the higher ups in the organization? So if they're seeing others, you know, engaging in this behavior, seeing that when people speak up and question things, if do they get a positive outcome from that? Do they get heard? Or do those people get sort of, um, I don't know, punished for having made yeah. those comments? Well, because, you know, I know um, years ago we had a friend who was a physician and they had um, a staff meeting. And he spoke out about the staffing in the emergency department. Mm. He spoke out that he thought they didn't have enough nurses and support staff to help the doctors um, because the doctors were doing the vital signs. The doctors were triaging the patients and all of a sudden, I mean, something happened and he had to leave. I'm not sure if they terminated him, but he said that he had a, a funny feeling that it was based on how vocal he was in the staff meeting. So, I mean, that is something that I think people have to take into consideration when you're working with such large organizations, too. Absolutely. And and I think that, you know, again, along these lines, that you can't control other people's behavior. You can only control your own. I would really encourage people to take a more active role in if you see something, say something in terms of providing feedback. If you see something you like and you want to see again in the future, let people know that. If you see something you didn't like and it had a negative impact on you, on others in the organization, on the department, on the result, on the customer, whatever the case may be, to say something about it. So often it's sort of held in or you know held for later for an end of year performance review instead of in the moment providing the feedback and giving the person the opportunity to again do better. Because again, I believe people want to do well at work and they want to be successful and be recognized. So how can we as leaders put into place what we need to to set them up to be successful? Right, right. And to your point too, you don't even, sometimes as a leader, you don't even know what you're doing, that whole intention and impact piece. So I, you know, I just have like one example. I remember working for a large organization and the managers sent a, a particular department like flowers and a cake for their birthdays and unfortunately didn't do it for a different, another department. And it wasn't, the intention wasn't to hurt anybody, hurt anybody or of do course, any of that. Feelings. But what yeah. leaders don't understand is that you, once you make a commitment to something, you have to make that commitment to everyone that's in the organization that would see something like that. Because even something like that could make it, you know, could be, you know, could go hostile environment. It could go anywhere. Well, right? hurts, with, you know, when your feelings things. are hurt, it does right. affect your job, it right? It affects your work. I right? know we had um, a, a director of nurses once that would come on the floor and she would say good morning based on her mood. So she would say good morning to certain people and she wouldn't say good morning to others. And that was a topic of conversation when people went out for lunches or dinner. Well, did you get a good morning today? Did you, <laughs> right. get, a, did you get a hello? Right. Um, well, I don't think she took her meds, you know, whatever. Oh, and so it causes a lot of grief. But um, one of the questions we have for you, too, from, from our audience, um, what should people know about the science of human behavior? Absolutely. Uh, great question. I think, you know, really building your understanding of behavior allows us to better understand one another. And again, I think it could lead to a, a more positive, better world for all of us and better society if we would just better understand ourselves and what's motivating and driving us and better understand others. And so again, understanding people's intentions versus the impact that they're having and what can we do about that. You know, behavior is, is lawful. It makes sense to the performer. So when we sit back and scratch our heads and say, well, I don't understand why that, that behavior nurse... is lawful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. That <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make sense that they aren't saying hello to everybody. You know, what, what, what's going on there? So again, just understanding that performer, putting yourself in their shoes. Why are they doing that? It makes sense to the person. We do what works for us. Um, so again, if you just understand that as much as we might scratch our head, it makes sense to that person. So if we can better understand that, we can make a, an impact on what happens. 
And I, I want to go into an, a quick example about intent versus impact. So again, you know, thinking that we always want to do good things. I just wanted to share just kind of a fun example that even as somebody in this field who's worked uh, within behavior and thought about this for my career and after my education, my daughter's six. And when she was three, she was a bit speech delayed. She just wasn't quite meeting some of the milestones that her peers were. So I took her to a speech therapist to get her evaluated to figure out, you know, what's going on? Like, why isn't she speaking? And after working with the speech therapist, quickly realized that she was doing very well in terms of receptive language. She understood words, understood what people were saying to her, but she just wasn't choosing to vocalize. So again, thinking about that, it, it made sense to her. People do what works for them. She didn't need to talk is what we quickly figured out because mom was being incredibly helpful yeah. and anticipating her needs and wants. And um, if somebody came over that didn't understand something she said, like grandma or dad you, you or You just other did it. I helped to. Yeah. This is what she's saying. I, I intervened for her, to interpreted for her to help her. Where if she was interacting with somebody else, like a stranger, and mom wasn't there to the rescue, she would have had to deal with the what? Can you say that again? Say it differently until she verbalized. So it was, it was a hard learning for me as trying to be this helpful mom of just my impact of being overly helpful with my daughter. Right, right. Yeah, we well, you know. Oftentimes, we see all these little um, things on Facebook or Instagram, and it says it's not what you say; it's how you say it. Mm. I think in the workplace that is so true. Mm-hmm. It's how you can communicate with people. It's not what you know, because sometimes it's your tone of voice. Yes, how, what you say, right? So we just want to tell our listeners we're speaking with Kelly Therian, uh huh, and Kelly is an experienced behavior analyst who has dedicated her work to improving the workplace through organizational behavior management. Kelly has worked with organizations across the United States and Canada. And we're so gra- glad that you took the time to come on our show. Um, so Ellen, you know, we talk about so many topics on our show and, and this certainly is an important one because we, we're living in times when people just sprout off and say things like, immigrants are coming to take my job. Right. Or he wants to come here and take my job. Nobody's taking anybody's job. Holding a job is a responsibility. It's loyalty to your company. These people are trusting you with a profession, with a job, whether it's a janitor in a hospital or a nurse or a physician, you have to be the best you can be. And I like what Kelly is doing because they're giving people the tools to go out and be part of the organization. And they're leading by setting such an example. So, you know, we often we don't hear things like this. We, we, we set people loose and you give them a job and a uniform and you say, go ahead and conquer the world. But you really need to know how to interact with the people around you. Because we've seen where some people in their 50s and 60s, their bosses are in their 20s. Right. Right. So how, I mean, I've heard nurses say, well, my manager is only 25 years old and I've been in the profession for 60 years. How does an older person cope with something like that? I think it's a lot of the same thing. So providing feedback. So much of my work with leaders was around getting feedback. So doing 360 type interviews to collect feedback and data about how is your leader doing. And it was a fascinating how direct reports would provide feedback to me, you know, always a little bit anxious about what's going to happen with this and will there be any retaliation for it. But then I would do like these follow-up interviews. So give the feedback to the leader. They would implement some things they wanted to work on, come back a couple of months later and check again with the direct reports to see how, how are they doing? Are they making improvements? And it was so funny how going back and doing those checkpoints that those direct reports would say, oh my gosh, you know, he's made such great improvements. He's not interrupting anymore. He's, you know, being respectful of my time, so on and so forth. That's fantastic. So have you told him that? Well, no, I was just waiting for you to come back and tell him again. Like, come on, just providing that feedback and taking more ownership and doing that. You know, there's, you can do it in a respectful, objective way and just say, hey, this is what's happening. And here's the impact it's having on me. You know, can we do something different going forward? 
have the conversation. Right. So you apply behavior analysis on organizations, but it sounds like it could be applied to a lot of areas. Is this true? It's absolutely true. There's so many different applications for behavioral science, and there's just a lot of people out in the in the world working on these things that I just wanted to make sure that people are aware of. So I know a lot of uh, my peers that work with children, whether it's people with de- developmental disabilities, with autism, uh, people that are develop- typically developing, you know, they just work on lots of different things where they're having behavior challenges, whether at home or at school. I've got a peer that works with traumatic brain injury. So if you've got somebody that's gone through that sort of trauma to teach them then some independent living skills, how to get back to some normal. Classroom management uh, for teachers, uh, health and fitness is another one. Organizations, of course, sustainability is another one. So there's people in behavioral science working on that. So how do we get people to reduce their energy consumption or recycle? How do we make it more likely that we do that? So often we'll put policies and things into place where we're sort of punishing people for doing the wrong things as opposed to rewarding for the right things. So anywhere that people are performing, if you can sort of think about flipping it that way and rewarding the right behaviors or the things you want to see more of is where behavior analysis can really be applied. Right, and I'm and sure there, there's something we can do today, right? What, what, is, what is one thing we can do today to start applying the science of human behavior? I think, you know, take a step back, consider your own behavior. You know, don't blame people for what they're doing, but rather take that objective look. Try to understand what they're doing and why. It makes sense to them, and what can you do about it? So if we could just take a kinder approach, step back, Take the emotion out of it and objectively just see what's going on. Um, provide that feedback, you know, if there's an opportunity. And there are, some, there are some people who say, well, all this is common sense. Why do we need training on the science of human behavior? What do you say to those people? I think we touched on that earlier. It might be common sense. And yes, being kind to people and providing the feedback is absolutely, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But you know what? I didn't have a, a career in consulting for that long because it was common practice. So I would just encourage people to make sure that and you are... And keep in mind, too, that re- the retention rates of companies now is mm-hmm. not what it used to be. You know, usually six to seven years. And to lose that kind of intellectual data that somebody has that's been working for you for six to seven years is really hard to replace. And it certainly gets replaced at a price of, of a downtime. And I think we went so many years, like in the 80s, of, you know, everybody got like Six Sigma jammed down their throat and all these processes and so forth. And we lost the human element. You know, the Jack Welshes of the of GE, where it was, you know, this um, forced rankings with reviews and, you know, always, there's always a bottom 10% and you always get rid of those. That took the behavioral part out of it because then it was all managing by statistics and managing by a P&L statement rather than really taking into consideration that these people had families and, right. you know, and, and, and back and, to and, Kelly's point, wants to do a good job every right. day. It's not like they're walking well, and saying, Well, not only that, we have to look at out. what's happening in today's world. Technology has taken over so many jobs, right? Yes. And we have a workforce that's not trained. So how do we get people who are trained, like with the nursing, I can speak for other professions, but in the medical professions, you have doctors who are frustrated with the technology part of it because they want to take care of patients, right? How do you, they want to see their patients, they want to touch them and take care of them, feel them, know what's going on with the abdomen. They just don't want to poke their head in and say, how are you doing, right? right? So how do you mesh the two with the young people with the expertise and the older people with, with this kind of experience? Yeah, I think it's really, you know, getting them to work together, allowing mentoring opportunities where where you can before we keep talking about the mass exodus that's coming with a number large number of people that are going to be retiring in the next few years. So what can we do to get the young people paired up with them to learn not just the, the technical skill of the job, but some of the more nuances and, you know, politics within the organization and how do we best interact and how do we get things done here? Who needs to be influenced? How do we work together and, and effectively communicate? Right. And, you know, it used to be that when a man had a job, it, you know, in, in my religion, they, it was, my mom used to say, 
when you cleanliness is next to godliness but she says when you have a job and you're making a shilling be grateful for it right mm-hmm. you know it used to be people were so grateful for a job but now we have organizations that can't function because people call in sick at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. what can we do to incentivize more people to show to be more loyal to their jobs to to have pride in go, putting on the wearing the uniform with a logo somebody thought about a loan somebody thought about a business somebody build that brick and mortar place so you can have a job how do we instill these values that we've lost yes i think incentivizing those things so what can we do to reward those things showing up looking the part for the job doing going above and beyond how do we reward those things and show that that's valued in the organization not by doing a force ranking and getting bo- rid of those bottom you know right. 3% right. but rather you know again rewarding the things that you want rather than punishing the things that you don't want how do we bring people along show them or benefits even with benefits you know yeah. we need to start looking i mean if you speak to employees you'll find out you know everyone have a mortgage a car payment car insurance health insurance they have children they have to send to college or trade school or whatever i think it behooves a lot of us to sit down and look at the salaries too the benefits of what people are earning it makes it makes a big difference it really does because i see it in my job i've seen it in working in chicago indiana all over the place and you've worked in canada what was the difference in work ethics in canada and the united states that's was there anything different that's an interesting one i think that um the pay because it was primarily an oil and gas so there was a lot of pay there so a lot of people came from all over the place to go there and they were happy to go to work because it meant money i mean they could easily equate it into the large dollars yes yeah 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 you when you get paid right (laughs) so if somebody wanted to find you on the web and get some of your expertise or maybe um connect with you how would they find you yeah thank you i'm on uh, linkedin and it's just kelly therian or um of course if you're locally like brevard county there's the association for behavior analysis is on facebook is another great resource with a lot of people working in this field in those different applications so whether it's me or just another behavior analyst i would really encourage people to learn more about it and seek us out we are all over the place yeah <laughs> i've often said like when you apply for a job of course now everything is online and you know when you know that area where it says you know race and gender and all that i've often said they should take all of that out human mm. just put human and go to work and make your an honest dollar and give it 100% mm-hmm. because when you work and you leave feeling fulfilled and you give your job the best you can be and and to your patients or whatever i'm always thinking like a nurse you leave there feeling so wonderful about what you do and i mean everyone has a purpose right and they need to just find it and do it So with with 30 seconds or less what would you say to encourage someone who's in a position right now that needs to hear something positive about their job and why they should stay or who they should talk to Well I would say to look look to your customers you know look for where you are making an impact and see how people appreciate what it is that you're producing or the customers you're interacting with look for the reward there of you know just the a good today's job and what that does for you Another fantastic week here on Viewpoint with Sita and friends and we will return next week at 1 p.m. live right here on AM 1510 WWBC.